Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And today we are recapping Indiana's ugly... Uh, insert your fart noises here. Loss to Rutgers, um, thirty-eight to three last Saturday. Uh, that you hope is rock bottom for this Indiana Hoosiers football team. Uh, and previewing the upcoming game on Saturday against Minnesota in Bloomington at three thirty. Believe it's on BTN. Um, and then. We'll get into that as well. Uh, anyway, we have a word from our new sponsor, Symbol. Uh, we have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol, buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adapters. Uh, who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol re- will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Uh, TJ, let's go back. Unfortunately, we do have to go back and revisit Indiana's 38-3 loss uh, to the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, you know, Indiana fans joked about Rutgers for – a whole bunch of years uh, since 2015. Uh, Rutgers took out their anger on on the Hoosiers on Saturday. It was not a pretty game. Uh, I thought the defense played okay, but they were put in uh, in a lot of bad positions by the offense who had six turnovers. They also turned it over on downs, I think, two more times. So they gave Rutgers the ball without punting it to them eight times. Um, Yep. And it's just, it was, as an IU fan, you hope this is rock bottom. A 38-3 home loss in front where the highlight of the game was, I think, uh, Fish and Buck nicknamed the Lunatic Brigade uh, up in in section, I think it's 119, up in the the top right corner of the north end zone. Uh, A whole bunch of students and maybe some older alumni uh, went up there, took their shirts off, willed Indiana to the final three points of the first half, and then they bounced to either drink more or take a hot shower. So <laughs> that that was the highlight of the day for Indiana. Um, I was shocked uh, at, at that loss. I, you know, I wasn't surprised that Indiana would lose to Rutgers if you told me 
it's how they lost. The, the offense looked disinterested. It started on the first play from scrimmage when Donovan McCulley fumbled the ball. And, and that was really all she wrote. You know, Rutgers, and we joked on, on the preview podcast that, you know, IU was opened as eight-point favorites, and, and we joked that they might not score eight points. So it, it wasn't like we had super high hopes, but it's a home game against a, a, a an opponent you should have more talent than. Even though IU's uh, a little banged up, you, you could see that their buy-in wasn't there. You, you saw a team in Rutgers who was fighting for that, um, for their fifth win. Uh, and and having fun and, and looking for bowl eligibility. And you saw IU just, I mean, they mailed it in on offense. And you saw, you know, you had, and I hate to pick on Ty Freifogel, but there was an interception where he didn't even make a play on the ball. And Melton, yeah, he made a great one-handed catch. But, you know, put your hand up, help out your 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 quarterback. And then just coming off of, uh, the field a couple of times he seemed disinterested you had uh, monster Matthews and Peyton Hendershot get into it on the sideline you know we had fans reporting that Matthew Bedford and and um, Darren Hiller got into it on the side it was just an ugly day all around what was what were your takes before we go get into Minnesota what was your take on uh on set last Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you, you didn't even mention Ty Freifogel dropping a punt. Oh, um, yeah. The guy no, was I back mean, there it, to fair catch kicks and make sure they yeah. don't fumble, it fumbles it. Yep. I, I just, um, you're right. You certainly hope that it's rock bottom. Um, I, I think it was a, exclamation point performance from the offense that just if that doesn't scream at the top of the lungs change has to happen on this side of the ball then nothing would nope um it it was clear before and then again i think that performance just screams at you and hopefully at Tom Allen, this cannot continue. Um, I think that the most disappointing thing was undoubtedly that it, it felt fairly early in that game. It's, it's done. It is just done. This team is not fighting back. Fairly early, it was the first snap. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's what I felt. Point. You know, being at the stadium, that's what I felt. It was the first snap, and I think they scored four plays later. It was over. Uh, yeah, four plays, 21 yards. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I feel bad for the defense because, look, has the defense performed – as well as they did a season ago? No, most definitely not. And the biggest issue there, two of them, number one has been they have not created takeaways. Um, and that's that's a problem. It is. That's, that's one that's on the defense. They've got to get that figured out moving forward. Um, turnover luck is, is very real, 
but IU has not done a good enough job of helping create their own luck. Um, so that's one issue for the defense. The other one, they have been put into so many bad situations by this offense. And understandably, it really does look like at this point, they've thrown their hands up and said, what, what can we do? We can't do anything here because they have to enter each game knowing, and the Maryland game is the one exception to this so far this year. Yeah. The Maryland game, the IU offense, while fortunate, I think, Very uh, to get what they did, they ended up scoring enough to win that game. Every other contest has been one that the defense really didn't have a chance to win the game because of the ineptitude of the offense. And you look at the drive summary of that Rutgers game, and I know Rutgers scored 38 points. That shouldn't happen. I, I get that. And the defense deserves some of the responsibility for that because there were a couple of drives that Rutgers just, you know, they flat out drove down the field. It wasn't good field position, but they went down and scored anyway. And you can say that's bad defense, or you can say the defense is completely disheartened at this point because they know we're not winning this game and there's nothing we can do about it. And that's, I think, just the frustration for me is that there is nothing Indiana does as a team that you point to and say, that's a strength. Nothing. And the statistics bear that out. There is no statistic that Indiana has that you look at it and say, that's a real strength for this team. And it does not take a football expert to figure out if you don't have any strengths as a team, you are bad. And that's what we're looking at now. We're looking at a team that has a awful offense, just awful. I mean, even including that 35-point game against Maryland, they are averaging just barely over 10 points a game in Big Ten play. You're you're just – you're not going to win doing that. I don't care what – we can say, oh, in today's college football. I don't care what era of college football you're dealing with. You'd have to go back to the, you know, 1910s to find where 10 points a game was going to be acceptable. So Saturday, I think, was just a exclamation point, encapsulation, whatever you want to put it as, that this will no longer work and change has to happen. The only questions to be answered are how much change is going to take place. And then after that, we find out whether or not it works. Because to me, it seems very clear. Now, we don't see practice. We don't get behind the scenes. All we can judge them by is on the field performance, which by the way, is kind of all that matters. And the on the field performance indicates to me that there are changes needed at offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, wide receiver coach. Those positions have not cut it for two seasons running. 
with the exception of last season with Ty Freifogel, but as a group, the wide receivers have not been good for two seasons, in my opinion. So I include that position group in here. I think those three changes need to be made. And I think who Tom Allen hires and how those hires perform is going to determine whether or not Tom Allen makes it long-term in Indiana. And trust me, I am rooting for that to succeed. Because none of this season has changed how I feel about Tom Allen, the individual, Tom Allen, the leader. But if you don't have questions about the direction of this program right now, I don't feel like you've watched the same season I have. Yeah, it's it was apparently abundantly clear that coaching changes have to be made. And I, I thought Jim Coyle asked the question, uh, a fair question after the, the press conference. I mean, he got the answer that everybody was expecting, um, but it was a fair question. Uh, changes is no changes are going to be made until the end of the season. I get it. The season could be written off. It's over in people's eyes, but nothing's going to happen. And I know it's frustrating because you see all these other schools firing coaches um, already. Seven power five schools have come open. Um, you, you've seen, I think, Florida cleaned house on the off offensive side of the ball and, and things like that. You see all these teams making changes and I use sitting pat and, you know, it's frustrating because you're losing 38-3 to Rutgers and and getting spanked by um, everybody, you know, Michigan and Maryland and all those teams and losing. So it's frustrating. But it, I, I, we never thought that changes were going to come um, midseason. It, it just – unless it was a, a total – uh, controversy with, with some scandal, it's not coming midseason. If changes aren't made by the Tuesday after Purdue, then you could be concerned. I would say if, if Monday rolls around and people are, some people are still employed by IU, you're allowed to get nervous, but change. I think changes are coming, and I think that's in his press conference this week on Monday and then the press conference after the game on Saturday, yeah. you, you could tell by his tone and body language that decisions are going to be made uh, in terms of letting people go. And it's tough because he's very close with Darren Hiller and he's very close with Grant Hurd. And it's, it's tough to fire people that you're close to. And he yeah. just, I don't know, Allen looks kind of defeated in that way to me. Um, I'm not on the anti-LEO train that it seems like half the fan base is uh, and, and things like that. But it's, this is a bad football team. Uh, and yeah. I know I'm probably late to the party saying it. it's a bad football team. And, but it, what's frustrating is that there's talent there. It's not an untalented football team, but you had 30 injuries um, and, you know, there's a lot. And, and TJ, I'll write it up after the season. There, I have a list of I'm not calling them excuses because they're not excuses, reasons on why the season ended up the way it ended up. 
and hopefully it right. does not end up two and ten. So we'll see. But yeah, India, even the field goal kicking game, which was probably the one thing Indiana could hang its hat on, didn't get yep. the job done on Saturday. Uh, and so it, it's and it hasn't gotten a job done lately. He, I think Campbell's missed two, two out of his last three, something like that, two out of his last four, because um, going back to the Maryland game. So it, it's it's tough. Uh, it's tough to be an IU football fan right now, but be patient. I think changes are coming. We think changes are coming uh, and things like that. Uh, before we turn the page on Rutgers and head to the Minnesota game, we have another word from our friends over at Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money off of Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose your money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. So turning the page to Minnesota, IU hosts the Gophers uh, at 3.30 in Bloomington on BTN. Minnesota comes in at 6 and 4. They're coming off of back-to-back losses. They lost against Illinois 14-6 to two weeks ago. They lost last week at Iowa in a close game, 27-22. Their other losses coming against Bowling Green at home and a season opening loss to Ohio State. Uh, they've beaten Miami of Ohio, Colorado, Purdue, Nebraska, Maryland, and Northwestern. If Indiana wasn't 2-8 and eight and a bad football team, I this this is, it would be a game Indiana should win. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's very many impressive wins on Minnesota's schedule. I think they've won the games that they needed to, which, as as you know, TJ is it's hard in itself. Indiana is sitting at two and two and eight right now because they've lost every single swing game on their schedule. For Minnesota. Okay. For Minnesota, they'll go to uh, they'll host Wisconsin the next week. Um, this is their chance to finish five hundred over five hundred uh, and boost their bowl position, stuff like that. Their offense isn't great. Uh, you know, Tanner Morgan came in last year. He kind of reminds me of like the career arc of Michael Penix. Uh, Tanner Morgan came in, lit the world on fire in 2019, had Minnesota undefeated, I think in the top five, maybe in the top 10. Uh, yeah. And then some wide receivers graduated. There was a COVID year. His performance fell off the table last year and this year, uh, this year as well. I don't think he just hasn't gotten it done. He's thrown um, – He's completed about 60% of his passes, you know, not, not great. Um, he's thrown for 1,540 yards, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He, in 2019, his great season, he threw for 3,253 3, yards and 30 touchdowns. Uh, and then his rate, his numbers have dropped off from there. So you know, it, it kind of reminds me of Michael Penix that way. 
He doesn't scare me. Their running game lost Muhammad Ibrahim, who was their best running back early in the season. Uh, now they have um, they have Trey Potts, who has 552 yards on 112 carries. So it's solid. He has six touchdowns. And then Chris Ottman Bell is their best wide receiver. He has 29 receptions for 409 yards and three touchdowns. He's their go-to guy. Um, he has been banged up this season as well. And so, you know, he's going to play. He played last week against Iowa, but he's also missed parts of a few games this season with injuries. So, TJ, what's your initial thoughts on, on Minnesota? Very interesting team just in terms of uh, kind of their, their highs and lows. Um, they had a four-game winning streak where things really looked like they were kind of in the driver's seat uh, to win the West. And that has certainly changed here in the past couple of weeks. Um, I, I think that their offense, it's another team that I think the offensive coordinator is very much in trouble um, just because of they've had multiple games with just really head scratching kind of laying an egg on offense. Uh, the defense certainly, I think, is the better side of the ball for them uh, on offense. Not really that much in terms of dynamic playmakers. They only throw it 20 times a game, and I, I think that a lot of that is because of, one, their identity is wanting to be a physical team, wanting to run the ball down your throat. Uh, that's kind of what P.J. Fleck wants to do. And then, two, is the regression of Tanner Morgan. He's not very accurate. Um, they do not – I think he's turned it over enough and made enough poor throws that they no longer trust him uh, in the passing game. So I think you're going to see him uh, – if, if the game goes the way Minnesota wants it to, I don't think you'll see him throw it even 20 times. I think they would prefer to just give the ball to Potts, Kai Thomas, Marquise Irving. Uh, I mean, they, they have a number of good running backs. Uh, obviously, Ibrahim would have been a difference maker for them, but like you said, he's out. Uh, they're they're missing the dynamic receiver that they've had in the, the past two years, Johnson, and then last year, Bateman. Um, they don't have that guy. Altman Bell is the best that they have. He's not at the level uh, of number one wideout that they've had the past couple of years. And that, obviously, is going to hurt Tanner Morgan's output as well. Uh, on defense, offensive line is going to have to figure out how to block, uh, which – Hasn't happened yet this year, so seems unlikely. But uh, they have a defensive lineman, Boye Mafe, uh, who is certainly their, their best defender. Six sacks on the year. He also leads the team in tackles for loss. Um, it's really just two guys that get to the quarterback. It's Mafe and Thomas Rush. They're not going to blitz a ton, uh, but their front four is pretty good. Overall, their defense has, has done – I think enough to win more than just six games, um, but they've, you know, had those offensive eggs. So it, it's an interesting team. I think they are decidedly average. Um, I, I certainly think six and, and four with them ultimately, it looks like seven and five is, is likely for them. Uh, and then, a you know, a mediocre bowl game, which, 
For Minnesota, I think it's a forgettable season. It's not bad. It's not good. Very run-of-the-mill in terms of what Minnesota is now. In general, I think people are, you know, mostly happy with P.J. Fleck, but look for them to probably make some changes on the offensive side of the ball unless they can upset Wisconsin and get to that eighth win. Um, so I, I, it's a, a team in a much better position than IU is. Uh, and I personally, with Indiana's offense going up against this defense, I just don't see any way uh, that the Hoosiers make this real competitive, which is disheartening to say, uh, but there is no evidence whatsoever to suggest that this offense is going to get anything of substance going. I, yeah, I agree on that um, in terms of IU. And we, we won't get into all those matchups to watch and things like that. But I need to see – I want to know what IU's buy-in is on Saturday because uh, their buy-in exactly. was ne- next to nothing on – Exactly. Uh, against Rutgers, they, you know, Donovan McCulley said that, you know, that that fumble, that first fumble, changed the tone of the game. It's in a, it's a very soft, um, you know, it, it's a mentally soft Indiana team right now, in, in terms of, you know, when something goes wrong, it, it's checkout time, um, and I, I want to see if that's it's senior day. You have a ton of seniors. Uh, they haven't put out a list yet, but Alan said that you'll see some guys go through senior day that will probably be back next year. The Michael McFadden called out preseason preparation uh, after the game against Rutgers. You know, Tom Allen said maybe we got a little complacent and, and bought it. Guys who are, you know, needing tape to make it to the next level. Peyton Hendershot, uh, guys like that uh, need need some tape. Michael McFadden, um, you know, they need so, some good plays on tape to go to the next level. And, you know, you, you might not be playing for the coaching staff anymore in terms of, hey, let's rah-rah, let's save this guy's job. But you're playing for, for the seniors. And this I know that there was some blowback from, you know, at least in our comments section about this being a special group of seniors. This group of guys have taken them to back-to-back January bowl games and really yeah. started to turn turn the program around. Um, so it's it is a special group of uh, of seniors, and I know that they don't I mean, want to they don't want to go out like this. They don't want to go out two and ten or three and nine or whatever and i think the only home game that they've won was idaho they don't want to go winless in the big 10 uh so i want to see you know if there's any buy-in how long it lasts and and things like that because you're right there's no evidence that the offense is going to wake up and the defense is totally gassed that they've been put in bad positions all year and injuries are catching up to them and they're just at, at some point the body can only take so many lumps and the, the, this defense has been pounded and pounded and pounded and relied on. And it's now it's starting to crumble. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, this is the, the most accomplished group of, of IU players, you know, as a, as a class, 
No, that that's not the case. It it certainly looked like maybe that could have been the case coming into this season, but it hasn't gone that way. However, um, I think to kind of dismiss the accomplishments by players like Peyton Hendershot, like Micah McFadden, like Jalen Williams, uh, and, and others that I, you know, we can't just go through the list here. That'd be boring, but those, those three in particular just jump out in my head. That's, that's not a fair or reflective statement of, of what those guys have done to just dismiss what they have already done for Indiana based on this season. Um, and Peyton Hendershot and Mike McFadden in particular, I, I don't think you can lump them in as being guys that have, you know, greatly underperformed this year. Um, no, they've over, me, I mean, they, they, like, it, it's looked like every time they've taken the field, uh, at least those two have stood out as guys that have done what they possibly could to help Indiana have a chance. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, again, I'll use the word fair, which, you know, life's not fair. So I get it, but I don't think it's right to dismiss what those guys have done just because this season has been rotten. Um, I, that's the one part of it that has me kind of, well, you know, maybe senior day on Saturday, something special happens and they figure a couple of things out. Um, It's impossible to expect that, but it is, it's a possibility, you know, it could occur. Um, I think that what we need to see from the defensive perspective, I mentioned it earlier, they've got to find a way to create some takeaways and set IU's offense up with a very short field. Give the offense a chance to score a couple of touchdowns on a very short field. Um, And maybe that boosts the confidence, get things going, and you know, maybe you have the opposite of what we saw last week where things fall apart. Maybe a bit of positive momentum builds on itself thanks to the defense forcing a couple of turnovers, setting up the offense, and they were able to capitalize. That's a lot of ifs, and I completely understand that. But if those things happen, that's a recipe for Indiana to be able to win this game on Saturday. Uh, certainly not something I'm picking. I mean, my prediction on this game Minnesota winning it something like 31 to six or 31 to to nine or seven, something in single digits, because until I see this, how you offense do it, I'm not picking them to do anything successful. Uh, And I, I hate that. And I really hope that look, Donovan McCauley, if he's going to be out there, for God's sakes, just let him throw the ball down the field What's the worst that can happen at this point? What's the worst that can happen? He could die. Well, that's, he might. that's a fair I mean, point. That's, 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 you have an offensive line who's gotten two two quarterbacks hurt basically for the year. It, you know, that's not out of the question that he could be seriously injured uh, with a career-altering a injury. Yeah, that is a, a fair point. But you know what? If 
if that is how bad the coaching staff feels about this offensive line, well, then I, I don't see else. the point of yeah, I don't see the point of putting anybody out there. Um, and again, the biggest frustration for me with the offense, once I got past the frustration of actually watching them on the field, because that's been you know, mind-numbingly bad uh, in terms of, oh, hey, this play hasn't worked the 10 times we've run it before. By God, it's going to work on the 11th time. That that seems to be the mindset, and I, I will not be able to wrap my head around it. But the most frustrating part has been it's the same personnel that continues to get trotted out there. Yep. Like, I, I, I don't get that. It's, it's not like you're riding the hot hand. You're riding the dead, cold hands. That's, that's what you're doing. Yep. They're These trying guys, to weekend the Bernie's it. Yeah, Sorry, I promised can, listeners movie, movie, uh, movie quotes today. Uh, yeah, they're we weekend at Burnings. Yeah, you're basically taking a corpse of an offense, running it out there, putting it on strings, and pretending that it's it's last year. Go play. Look, Malachi Hope and Jack Tuttle missed him on a deep ball, but he ran a great route and got open. They just missed him on a deep ball. He was open. So they tried I mean, that, he was wide wow. open. That was a touchdown if he hits it. Who knew? Yeah. So, you know, why isn't he playing more? You know, Jordan Williams got switched to the defensive side of the ball, hopefully for this season only. But you have Jacquez Smith hasn't gotten any run. You don't run Swinton out there. You don't run anybody else. Um, you, you finally put uh, David Holloman out there. Uh, you know, Charlie Spiegel got some run. It, it's like it, offensive line. You have to have somebody who's got to be better than the guys in. So it, it's like, yeah, you're right. It's what are you doing? And, and that's that's coaching malpractice. And then you put Jack Tuttle in, and it's like, okay, if Jack was healthy enough to play, why isn't he starting if you're trying to win games? Because you basically essentially benched McCulley after the first two drives or first drive and a half. Um, bring Tuttle in. One of which, one of which got IU into scoring position. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it was a good goal. drive, but by comparison, it, it you know, give him the Heisman for what he did there. Jeez. Yeah, and so that, then you bring Tuttle in, and, and Tuttle's gimpy already, coming off a foot injury, and he gets crushed on an interception where your supposed All-American wide receiver can't get a hand up and and help break it up or, or something like that. Um, it's just been, things fell apart quickly and it, 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 in retrospect, it was against Iowa and it might've been in the preseason. I didn't get to see much of the preseason practices, but when you have your all American linebacker calling out preseason fall camp preparation, something happened in the preseason that, you know, maybe people weren't taking things seriously. And that's, that's on, you know, position coaches, because I don't think Tom Allen's a soft coach, and people will say he will with his LEO stuff, but, like, half the coaches in the country use that stuff. So, what, what's what, – I can't wait for the week after Purdue, and we get to cover some coaching changes in IU and, and changes and, and 
recruiting and transfer portal stuff. And we have something new to talk about because, you know, we've spent 45 minutes now talking about the same old. It's almost like, TJ, this is our third and nine draw. This is what it is. This is our third and nine draw. The podcast every week is our third and nine draw. It is our our tribute to Nick Sheridan's offense. It is our third and, and nine draw, and it worked once. Yeah, we just gained three yards, and now we have to punt. That's a win. We didn't fumble. So that's a win. Um, all right. Your what, what was your prediction? 26-2 or something like that? 26-3? Uh, I don't know. I'll say 30-6 to six because 30 to 6 I'm going to take Minnesota 24, Indiana nothing. Uh, I have zero faith in this offense. I don't think they could score a point, um, especially if Charles, Charles Campbell's a little off. Um, Minnesota's defense is better than Rutgers, and I just – it's the mm-hmm. going to be the final final nail in the. It should have been the final nail in the coffin of Nick Sheridan last week. Maybe this week. It's um, we'll see. Oh, I'm setting the bar low. Twenty four nothing Gophers on Saturday. Uh, anyway, TJ, that wraps it up for the podcast. Thank you for being flexible and moving it to Wednesday. Uh, enjoy uh, another week of college football. We do have action. Uh, you do have Indiana versus St. John's tonight in basketball, and you have some uh, some really good good games uh, over the last two weeks as the college football playoff rounds into form and conference championships round into form. So enjoy that. Uh, enjoy the last two weeks of the regular season because after November 27th or whatever, it is a long, dark time until August rolls around. Indeed. Yep. Yep. It, um, there won't be good games that I use involved in, but lots of good games around the country. So soak it in, hang with us. We'll uh, hopefully get to lots of exciting things here fairly shortly. Yes. Uh, that does it for tonight's podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. You can check out the website at www.hoosierhuddle.com. We appreciate everybody who comments. The comments have been awesome uh, and and really brought the community together as well. Anyway, that does it for tonight. Thank you for listening. Check out Symbol uh, if you need, um, if you're a betting fan, wagering fan, stock market fan. Uh, it, it's something that's that's pretty fun. So enjoy, uh, enjoy IU basketball tonight. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about more. We'll, we'll run our third third and nine draw again um, as we wrap up Minnesota and preview the old Oak and Bucky game. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.